Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Leading in Real Time, the podcast for leaders who want to be in the know now. Our commitment to you is to bring real topics in real time to help your leadership now. Joining us from Sarasota, Florida, where it is sunny, no doubt, he is Ryan Lisk. Hey, Ryan. Even when there are clouds in the sky, I'm always sunny. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Holy, what the? <laughs> what do you say, Steve? Holy buckets. From Green <laughs> Bay, Wisconsin, where it is snowy to be sure, even in the early days or late days of February, he's Steve Van Remortal. Hey, Steve. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Ryan, is your new nickname Sunny now? Is that what we're going to call you? Do you see the color of my shirt? It's bright, baby. It's sunny, are, always sunny. Optimism, optimism, my friend. Yeah, Let's for, do it. For our, for our listeners, Ryan happens to be wearing a fluorescently bright yellow shirt. Uh, you can't see that, so allow me to say that his description is completely accurate. From Phoenix, Arizona, where it is a beautiful spring day. Yes, we use that word in February. I'm yeah. Brett Patmos, and we are uh, glad to be discussing the topic today, what are leaders worried about? So, you know, what keeps leaders up at night? What are leaders thinking about? So, hey, it's I, funny that you that you lead yeah. with that question right there. What keeps you up at night? I used to use that when I was a young young sales guy, and it sounded so cheesy. Excuse me, Mister Buyer, what keeps you up at night? It's like, <laughs> hey, man, nobody worries about that with printers. Printers aren't keeping me up at night. But now, as I do executive coaching, it's one of the first questions I always use. What are you losing sleep over? Well, that's wow, good because I thought you were about to tell me that uh, I was cheesy and that was not an appropriate question, and I was going to ask oh, why since did. we all agreed on it. When when I hear that question, my mind just starts racing. It's like uh, there's a hundred things I worry about. Uh, so, and I think I, I would love to see you know hear what other leaders think about that. I mean, that is a really great question. All right, my so mind just takes off. Let's jump into it. What are leaders worried about? And uh, I, I'll start and say one of the things that I think leaders right now are concerned about is the volatility uh, that they are facing and how it is that they can control what they can control in their individual businesses or their area of leadership uh, or the things that they are accountable for within their companies. Uh, the ability to uh, lessen volatility to be able to control what you can can control has a huge uh, benefit to the focus factor that leaders and execs uh, bring to the business every day. If not, that volatility has a tendency to consume them. Yeah, when we when we do uh, strategic planning, oftentimes we'll talk about you know the threats that are facing an organization, and you think about you know are there more threats today than there was five years ago. Um, I don't know the answer to that question, but a lot of times when we when we do a threats analysis, I find that it's a good conversation, but there's a lot of threats that are outside of our control. So is it worth spending a lot of time and resources on things that are outside our control? Um, and to your point, Quint, uh, Brent, what are leaders worried about? Um, I want how many of those do we have control over? You know, I mean that's that's an interesting question. Okay, so just for our loyal listeners, let me jump in, Steve. 
on a scale of one to ten, what number would you give yourself as far as being a control freak? We, you guys have both brought up control. How much control do you like to have? One to ten. Mm, tough question, Ryan. Um, I would probably give myself a seven. I mean, once I have comfort that, once I have, you don't believe me? Uh, Brent, no way. Seven. No. Brent, Brent, what's I'm, his number? Control freak. Yeah, I'm calling, what do we say? What's that card game? I'm calling BS on that. That's a, uh, I give him Challenge. a nine, I give him a 9.5, but I'd give all of us on this uh, podcast a 9.5. Because uh, we like to know that we are in control of what is, you know, our destiny or our future. Can I finish my answer? Can I finish my answer? <laughs> I feel like if we have a good plan and our plans laid out that people, you know, I let people do what they need to do then. So that I don't see that as controlling them. They're going a direction. So that do I, uh, my control I believe is managed by having a good plan where everyone knows where we're going. So that's that was going to be my answer before I was, uh, you know, cut off. <laughs> you were lambasted, and, and rightfully so. You immediately went, "Can I finish my answer?" That's controlling. See, you had to come right back oh, around. Let go, I man. let you finish first. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, right, I wrote so down in big capital letters. My my answer to that was the uh, I think my leaders are worried about the unknown. So that falls under the control category. They're worried about things that they don't, you know, they don't know about. Yeah. I can tell you what my leaders are worried about, and that's talent. I, I have conversations every day where it's just all around talent, keeping talent, hiring the right talent. I mean, that is a constant um, conversation by leaders. If they were able to minimize their talent, uh, day-to-day -day ongoing talent challenges, their their perspective would change. and I, So that's what I hear. Okay, so let's pick that up. We've got volatility, we've got the unknown, and we've got talent thus far. So before we get too far down this road or the list, what are some things practically that our listeners get the opportunity to take away and or consider in terms of helping them with what they're worried about, uh, and and help them work through these things. We face this all the time when we're working with our clients. Each of us, Ryan, as you're working with coaching, Steve, as you're working on strategy, and as we're working on culture uh, within privately held, family-owned businesses, we're all dealing with with the same things that our leaders and execs face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, for, for our business, there's two things that we focus on. One is development. That's where we're doing the coaching, team building kind of work. The other side of our business is around people and talent. And that's, I think, I would have the most direct control over getting the right people in the right spots um, for an organization. And I think that's where I could, you know, add the most benefit to somebody who was worried about talent. We can we can do a better job there than probably anything else and make an immediate impact. So when it comes to talent people, uh, what are three things that you would say to an exec, a leader uh, within an organization about how they can work on uh, helping advance people, controlling uh, the factors that they can control about people, that type of thing? I find most people start with, 
with the people, we actually would recommend starting with the job and what does the job call for for top performance. Um, we actually have them define some of those, uh, let's call them intangibles that they know when they see or maybe it's too late when they see it on the job. We have them defining those kind of intangibles up front and matching the candidates to, to those intangibles when, before they're hired during the selection process. I don't know if that's three things, but there's a couple of quick things you could do. Okay. Simple. Good. Super. So I think, you know, from our side, when we think in terms of uh, people and volatility, uh, controlling what you can control, uh, one of the things that we always work on is recognizing those things that are objective factors, whether that's about people or situations or circumstances, and those things that are subjective factors. And we're going to ask leaders to identify those. Because if we look at those things that are subjective, we're looking at some degree of bias and we probably need to make sure that uh, we source out some of the or sort out some of those things. When we talk about objective factors, things that we can look at, measure, prove, we know that those factors uh, may or may not be within the control sphere of that uh, leader or company. And it gives us a very good foundation by which to start talking about some of these things that those leaders are concerned about and that uh, we're highlighting right now. The other, uh, the other thing I think that uh, leaders are worried about right now is how do they take advantage of the marketplace as it is today? Because the marketplace as it is today is very different than it was three months ago. Um, and so they're trying to figure out how they can, um, you know, instead of having their heads down, now their heads are up saying, what, what do we, how do we take advantage of this, this seismic shift in our marketplace right now? I have a lot of leaders talking about how they can do that, and obviously that's not an easy, an easy answer. But through by sitting down around a table with your team, uh, you know you can put a strategy together to take advantage of that opportunity. So we're seeing a lot of increased uh, activity around strategy right now because of the seismic shift in our in, change in our marketplace. Are you guys seeing that seismic shift? What is a seismic shift in your language? What is that? Um. I think a lot of organizations were, you know, and this is not a political statement, I just think it's reality, but I think a lot of organizations were saying, hey, we're going to hunker down here um, for the next four years and, and try to minimize our health care costs, those types of things. And now all of a sudden a, a change happened that not too many people predicted. And now the, the market is kind of, there's a ton of activity right now that wasn't there before. And I'm not saying it's good, right, or bad, you know, right or wrong. It's just, it is, it's reality. So I think what leaders are worried about right now is how they take advantage of that opportunity. And right. uh, what does that look like? All right. So from my side, what I would say is that adaptability is a key component in helping work through some of those seismic shifts, some of those big changes. And when we look at a highly adaptable organization or a highly adaptable uh, leader, someone who is able to consider those things as they are, not as they wish them to be, and adjust, be able to, you know, what do they call it in football, an audible, be able to call that audible, adjust, adapt, uh, they're able to move to that point that is one that they can maximize much quicker or get off a point that is volatile for them much quicker. And so adaptability is uh, something that we see 
uh, in leaders who have the ability to really take what they're worried about and put focus point behind it, emphasis behind it, in a way that allows them to get in front of it versus being behind it. Lisker. Yeah, I've been taking a ton of notes here. We, we use the word agility um, with our leaders uh, to see, you know, how quickly they can respond to something. And I put under uh, a heading of what's next. So there's a futuristic kind of look. Um, so to Steve's point, things are happening. Okay, so uh, we've elected a new president in case, loyal listeners, you didn't pick up on this seismic shift over the last three months. We have elected a new president. So with Trump in office, everyone's wondering what's going to be next. And I think Part of that is they don't know. So back to the unknown, we start tying all this stuff together. It seems like a lot of stressful um, worry. We're worrying about stuff that may or may not happen. Okay, so what good does that do us? Nada. Zippo zilcho, right? If we worry about stuff that may or may not happen, it's a lot of uh, wasted energy in many cases. Would you agree, disagree, because... Uh, energy in the right spot equals better results than energy in things that don't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, I just wrote down a brand new question I'm going to ask every executive I'm coaching this this week. Um, how what you know? What percentage of the things do you worry about come to fruition? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, or what percentage of things do you worry about? Can you do anything about? Is another good question, maybe. Uh, under the category of control, what you can control, right? Yeah. But that's right. So that, then there's the, there's the point of awareness. So if I want to control everything, if I want to do everything, I think I can do it better than my staff does. I have trouble letting go of things. This really ties together with what I'm worried about. I think, one, what, pointless okay. to Brent's point. I think one of, the, one of the responses you're seeing, and let me know if you guys are seeing this in your, your client base, but one of the responses I'm seeing by leaders to this new marketplace if you will is an investment in their sales force are you guys seeing that I mean there's we're hiring you know we got more people talking about hiring salespeople they're investing in the training of their salespeople are you guys seeing a tick up in that as a response to this so-called new marketplace well I'm gonna go back to your point that you raised in terms of you know what's on their mind you said people I'm gonna broaden that out I think your point is fair um, so the answer to your question is yes, I see people investing in their sales professionals and where applicable, uh, you know, advancing, developing, growing, that type of thing. But really, one of the things that becomes most relevant in controlling what you can control as it relates to people is everybody, you know, and our clients, not just in sales, are looking and saying, how are we going to multiply leaders? How are we going to multiply the mindsets of leaders so that these are thinking, decision-making, performance-oriented, accountable people? Because if we don't, our, we all know our uh, friend and colleague, Ron Price, said you're going to confront a leadership drought if not, if you're not developing those people. And I think that is something that in response to people being on the mind of leaders, uh, that they are addressing, which is how are we going to develop these generations in manners that are applicable to those generations so that we can maximize what they have the potential to bring. And we know that they are thinking, performance-oriented, decision-making, accountable people who understand our culture and aren't deviating from our principles and values and things like that. 
So, you know, that's one of the things. But again, remember, I work with privately held family-owned businesses. So those are factors that are critically important to the foundation of their success. And that is big stuff to them to make sure that that culture is continued generation to generation, uh, you know, person to person, that type of thing. And so that's my take. That's a really good point. I, I hadn't thought about it. I was thinking at it from the selection point of view. You tied it in nicely to my development side about getting, you know, we may, uh, in Kentucky, we often hear the term bench strength. When I'm working in Kentucky, we hear, hear about bench strength. And I think we're talking about the exact same thing. What are you doing to develop your emerging leaders today? Ryan, Stephen, Brent, we're talking about what are leaders worried about as part of the Leading in Real Time podcast. Steve. You know, I uh, I got a call from, uh, I got a text over the weekend from one of my uh, coaching clients, and I do strategy and talent work with him as well. Um, and he basically said that I am overwhelmed and I need to talk about what I do to change that. And that's that was like three or four times that happened last week where people coming to you saying, you know, and this goes along that talent line, right? But I, 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 I'm overwhelmed, and I'm, you know, struggling, and I'm, you know, kind of down in a valley, if you will. And um, so that I think, what do leaders worry about? I think, I think there's a lot of leaders that are worried about themselves from a, you know, a personal health standpoint. Just because, you know, in our in a, one of our previous podcasts, we talked about the 24/7 world we live in. Um, so I, I was moved by that this last week that um, there are a lot of leaders right now that are struggling to find um, health, professional professional and personal health, I would call it, not just uh, I mean, physical, right? If I, have, if I have somebody that comes to me and they say, hey, I'm overwhelmed, that's what's on my radar today, I'm overwhelmed. Okay, so what does that mean? I mean, you've got to ask the question behind the question there. So one of my to-dos here is name the specific issue. If somebody says, hey, I'm worried about our threats, well, what, what are they? And you've got to dig in. Don't let, don't let some leader get away with that vague kind of answer. I think once you name it, then you can get your arms around it. Right? Well, and, Yeah, well, no, and I mean, also, you've got to be able to simplify it, right? That's a complex algorithm. If we start to look at people, which, you know, we're obsessed with analytics and quantification. And, and if you say to yourself, well, I'm overwhelmed. Well, that's a very complex mathematical formula if you put it in terms of how we add things up. Because there's so many variables, so many factors that contribute to that. So where I like the approach of being able to break that down and simplify it, I call it two plus two equals four. Uh, it's always funny to me how we get on these podcasts and we are you know, we're talking about topics and, you know, we have an outline for listeners. We work from an outline, but we do not script our points. We uh, really try to make that, as we said, our commitment is to bring real-time topics, real-time discussion to something to help you be better leaders. And uh, this weekend, we all write blogs. Uh, and so this weekend, uh, my blog deals with the whole perspective of being overwhelmed. And how do you simplify that? How do you bring it down to two plus two equals four? So Ryan, when you say breaking those complex parts down, I think you're absolutely right. Because if you don't, to Steve's point, you're just going to continue to be overwhelmed because there is a lot of stuff and stuff being all encompassing. We can assign a lot of big terms to that, that is on the mind of leaders, whether they are owners or execs or not, 
there are there's a lot on the mind of leaders because there is a lot going on in the environment we call the workplace today. So, Ryan, I really like when you say, let's get it down to its simplest common denominator and really focus on this so that we don't treat it as this big, ambiguous thing. Yeah, but you act like you act like they know that. I mean, a lot of times they don't know it. Now, obviously, our job is to help them figure that out, right? But just you know, to just ask them the question of what's causing it. Well, then all of a sudden you'll see their, you know, they take a deep breath and then they start thinking it through, right? So, I mean, um, yeah, but I don't know they always know the answer to that. Well, I, I would say that's completely fair. But what you're highlighting is exactly what begins the process. You've got to be able to step back as a leader and think about. Not because we're lecturing them, not because we're telling them this is the only way, but you got to be able to step back and think about it. If there's no reflection, to Ryan's point earlier, how are you ever going to gain awareness for what you're confronting or what you're facing? So I think thinking is the starting point of that. Well, in fact, I'm not telling any of my leaders what to do. They come up with that basically on their own. I may, we may have a conversation, but all we're doing in my world is asking the question. They're smart enough to figure it out. Um, what to do about it, but just, uh, yeah, just sorting that out helps them tremendously. All right, so we know that there are a lot of things that leaders are worried about, and we could, uh, you know, we could talk about 10 other things, 15 other things. Let's talk about some takeaways. Let's talk about some, you know, final points of, of takeaway. If, if I'm thinking in terms of any topic that I'm worried about, I'm saying one of those takeaways is break that thing down to its simplest common form so that it doesn't get overly complex. I call it two plus two equals four and work on controlling what you can control because otherwise you're going to continue to look at it as a big, hairy problem. So that's one tangible takeaway from my side that I'd give to listeners to work on. Those would be my, uh, those are two great highlights right there. I might just add, ask for help. So, you know, if, if I have a problem, I'm going to check it out with somebody. I mean, I think a lot of my leaders like to do stuff on their own. And I think if you have this feeling of I'm overwhelmed, I'm worried, I got too much stuff going on, Whatever the case may be, ask somebody for help. Steve. My, my takeaway is uh, we have a saying here at SM Advisors that a great process leads to a great process. So when there is, there is no challenge, there is no obstacle that a team cannot work through, talk through, and overcome through by by completing a great process. And it, and it can be a very simple process as well. So... What we do here is when we have a client, um, you know, that is facing a challenge, uh, we lay out a process to to work through that challenge, uh, you know, and that's what we call a methodology. And those have, you know, we got 120 methodologies we use around strategy and talent. Wow. And yeah, yeah. It's because you know what you know, have been doing this for so long, and that's the way my mind works. When someone brings a challenge, I, I create a process, and so um, my takeaway is. Define simple steps to the process to work through the challenge, and you and your team can solve any challenge you're facing. A great process leads to a great process. Okay, so wait a minute. Hold on one second. You knew I wasn't going to let that, you knew I wasn't going to let that one go by. A great a great process leads to a great process. I get that. Okay. Okay. 
sometimes people take the word process and they make it into this big thing that takes forever and then they don't implement any process. So how does somebody take something and make it simple when it comes to a process? Folks, this is what happens when final point turns into a new podcast chapter, yeah. basically. There you go. The process could be two or three steps. I mean, I was with a okay. leader yesterday. Right. He's trying to figure something out. I'm like, write it down. He goes, I don't need to write it down. It's in my head. I'm like, well, then you recreate it every time you do it. So okay. Just write it down. Okay. So you're good if a process is two or three steps. And it's also fair to say that a process can't just sort of mandate everything to people. It's a relationship between people and process. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. But I, um, to me, it's all about the process, and I'm way too into that, I think, maybe, what you guys are trying to tell me. <laughs> We're trying to tell you to turn your microphone so it's facing you, not sideways, because you just impacted how, there we go, now people can hear you again. So, okay, good points. Hey, so we do this thing called Around the Horn, and uh, we refer to it as your topic, your choice. And I'll start today. By the way, your topic, your choice doesn't necessarily have any connection to this podcast topic. It's just something that uh, we get to share with listeners from our seat, our uh, chair, our view. So I'm going to start and I'm going to say this. I am watching and experiencing a resurgence in the airline industry of competition to serve the customer in the form of a passenger, which I am loving. For years, I used to refer to uh, airline travel as uh, humans stuffed in a tube with no variation of what occurred inside that tube. We were just getting from point A to point B. And I got to give a big shout out to uh, at Delta Airlines because I think they are really under the leadership of their CEO working to define the core of culture driven by their people in a manner that is creating a different experience. And I have had the opportunity to fly on a lot of airlines, uh, domestically primarily. And I got to say that when I'm getting on board of a Delta airplane, despite, by the way, some of the uh, you know situations they've had with uh, computers, et cetera, because we're always going to have those, but the experience they're working to create through their people inside of that uh, tube that carries passengers from point A to point B is definitively making a difference at creating a different experience. And I love how they did it. They started by focusing on their people. And if you look at their commercials, their commercials are centered around their people getting up at the crack of dawn to serve their customers. And I love that from a culture standpoint. So way to go. Big shout out to at Delta Airlines on the Twitter feed for the work they're doing. What are the chances we get the CEO of Delta on our next podcast? Well, zero on our next podcast, but in a future podcast, there you go. There's a challenge for you. There you go. Um, <clears throat> we'll get with our producers so, and have my, them work on that. So I, I appreciate that. I am going to connect my final thought back to today's podcast. Um, so here we are. We are three entrepreneurs, and we just talked about what leaders are worried about. And I just want to be clear that, Things that are, you know, we're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. We don't bring that approach. So if you want the practical sort of business approach, 
that's something that we all three could bring and I offered today to say you know if you're struggling with something reach out to somebody for help how about one of the three of us any of us would be glad to help anybody that's listening to this podcast work through a challenge they're working on today I'll speak for Brent and Steve on that one but we are truly here to serve we enjoy that and uh, would enjoy hearing some of your challenges Steve I kind of tipped off my takeaway take right at the end there but um, identify your top challenge you're facing in your business put a very simple process around it, take your team through it, solve that challenge. Identify the next challenge, put a simple process around it, and as you keep doing that, there become less challenges. So um, I would encourage you, identify your top challenge, define a simple process, walk through it by yourself if it's a personal issue, um, or you could obviously get help with that, as Ryan said, or if it's within your business or your department, take your team through it. and. And when you solve that challenge, there's like momentum to go on to the next one. So that is my takeaway, is there is not a challenge that you and or your team can, can uh, not solve through a good process. All right, very cool. So, uh, Ryan, you talked about our ability to help and impact people. One of the ways that we can do that is that uh, each of us write a blog. So how about if you tell listeners how they can sign up and or engage with your blog, Ryan, uh, in terms of uh, best way to do that. Okay, good. The best way to do that, uh, my website is liskassociates.com, L-I-S-K, associates.com. Great. And somebody can get your blog by signing up there. And the name of your blog is, I love that. The page. The page. That's exactly correct. SVR, how does somebody access... uh, the insight they get from uh, your blog every week. We put out a uh, fresh. We put out fresh content uh, the first of every week. Uh, it's on our Twitter, which is Stop the Vanilla. Uh, it's on our website, which is StopSellingVanillaIceCream.com. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter called The Scoop, uh, which goes out monthly. Um, and so we're kicking off fresh t- content on what matters to leaders every day, leading in real time. Isn't that right, gentlemen? Yes, that is correct. Did you say that you're kicking out or dishing out fresh content? We're kicking out. We're kicking it out. I'm surprised by that because I thought for an ice cream guy. Yeah, I thought for sure you would take the scoop approach of dishing out fresh content. I like it. I like it. Nice. You you miss that, and you usually don't. And uh, if uh, if you have an interest to engage with me, Brent Patmos, uh, in terms of my blog and uh, weekly content. We uh, publish Weekly Focus, and uh, you can access that by going to Brent Patmos, that's B-R-E-N-T, Patmos, P-A-T-M-O-S.com, and uh, sign up for it there. Each of us carry a Twitter feed. Uh, He's at Ryan Lisk. Uh, Steve Van Remortal is at Stop the Vanilla. (laughs) And uh, you can uh, access uh, me, Brent Patmos, on Twitter, at Brent Patmos. We want to uh, thank you for joining this, uh, joining us during this conversation about what are leaders worried about. So until next time, we always want to remind and encourage you to lead in real time because that is what generates real results. Take care.